that God will never allow his word to fall to the ground. If it's not happening to me, it's because I've not been able to believe it. Or I have been unwilling to believe it. Or refuse to accept it. Let me say this, and this is very strong because I felt the Lord saying that to me all day. It's very important. The word of God you fight in your heart, or by word, or by action, will never work for you. The word of God you fight in your heart, maybe because of something you've heard in the past, and it's in your subconscious mind. You have to consciously decide, regardless of what's going on in my life, I'm going to transform my mind by the word of God and believe what the word says, contrary to what I've heard in the past, contrary to what I feel, and stay with the word. If it's not happening to me, it's because I have not come to the place of acceptance. There's something in there that is still fighting the word. In Isaiah chapter 53, I mean, sorry, Isaiah 55, you know the scriptures. It tells us, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. But really, what God wanted to say, he says, as the heaven is high compared to the earth, so are my ways higher. And then he goes straight to his word. The word that comes out of my mouth will never come back to me void. It will accomplish. So the word works. The word always works. If it's not working for me, it's just because I have not accepted it or somewhere deep inside of me, based on whatever I've heard in the past, I'm fighting it. We always have this, you know, I know that. And then we add the word, but. I know that. Yeah, but we want to come to the reality. But the reality we are talking about is what we know in the natural. We have refused to step out of the natural into the spirit realm. But this is what God is looking for. God is seeking those to worship Him, those who will worship Him, to worship Him how? In spirit and in truth. Not in your feelings. In spirit and in truth. And until we move from that area of what we feel, which is fleshly, we will never come to true worship of God and we will never truly experience His Word. Whatever you fight, and I hear it all the time, and, and you, people are not even conscious when they say, well, I, 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 I know you said that, but I really don't believe that. Well, you are not fighting me. You are fighting the Word of God. If it's in the book, that Word will never work for you. Because, because when God sends out His Word, the Word will always accomplish Whatever God is sending out for, God says it won't return to me void. It's void in my life because I didn't accept it. I didn't accept it. For whatever reason, I just didn't. So having said that, we must always believe this scripture. That's what I'm teaching on. And this, this particular one, I'm talking about God's power to protect us. But I started with the message dealing with God's miracle plan for us. But God's miracle plan for us includes His power to protect us. Some of us heard about uh, 
Joel, uh, John Osteen's daughter, you remember? They sent her a bomb. She opened that stuff by mail also, and she opened it with strap nails and everything. The nails flew all over, nothing hit her. You talked to me about protection. That's absolute protection. I mean, everybody was talking about it. It was even in the news. It was right there in the news. Now, previously, I've shared with our church here about a lady that a man came in with a gun. Remember? You can actually go online and view the video. We have a God that can protect us from anything. I said anything. Anything. He came in with a gun, pointing it towards her and saying to her, Man, open that thing and get it all in church. She said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I mean, you can see the guy really, really like, what was that? Before long, he was out of that place. He said, it, ma'am, I'm not playing. I'm going to, sh-. and he, she said, walked, I mean, she walked boldly closer to him. And closer to the gun in her face and said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. He turned around, took off. It's on video. That's the same Jesus that we are serving. We're just too fearful. Or we make excuses. We say, well, will God protect me from bullet? Oh, yes, he can. He really can. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Now your soul is the seat of your will. The seat of your, that's your mind. Your will and your emotions. That's where decisions are made. Now tell your soul, your will, submit it to God to bless the Lord. And then tell your soul where you make your decisions not to forget all of his benefits. Don't forget all of his benefits. He tells us his benefits. He forgives all our iniquities. He forgives. It's an ongoing thing. He forgives all our iniquities. He heals all our diseases. It's an ongoing thing. When he heals all of your diseases, then you're no longer sick. We don't think about that. You have what is called divine health. You don't have to be sickly. I don't have to be sickly. I don't have to rely on my genetics. I got a new one. Because that will play games in your mind. Well, my family, my mother, it runs in the family. As long as you think in the fleshly way, then you have not received the new life of God. Because the scripture is clear. If anyone is in Christ, it's what? You got a new creature here and a new DNA and all of that. We have to believe the scriptures. He heals all our diseases. He redeems our lives from destruction. That's where I'm going to stay tonight. He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. In other words, tender mercies. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. I have it with me according to the word of God. I have mercy when I need mercy. Every single day. Every single day. 
I have mercy upon my life. We just have to believe the scriptures. That's where it is. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. But it redeems your life from destruction. I want to let you know that God knows what the future is with regards to your life. He also knows what the enemy is planning for your life. And you have no knowledge of what's going on. I see that all over scriptures. You as a Christian, you have been blessed by God. And nothing can change that. Once you receive the righteousness of God, you are blessed. You don't have to receive blessings. You are already blessed. Why? Because God pronounced it on you. And whatever God says is. When God says you are blessed, you are blessed. No one can change it. He's established forever. And so God has blessed you. And God will protect you against anything that will try to come against your life. As I read in the scriptures, the children of Israel, they had left Egypt. And they were going into the promised land. And they came to, uh, I believe it was Ammon. No, Moabites, the Moab. They came to Moab, and the king of Moab was very concerned about it, and knew of a prophet called Balaam. How many remember who Balaam is? And knew that Balaam, if Balaam curses you, you're cursed. If Balaam blesses you, you're blessed. And so the children of Israel, they knew nothing about this. They were just minding their own business, their own business, going into the promised land. But God was looking out for them. And so Balak, the king of, uh, of uh, the Moabites, sent for Balaam and said, Now, I want you to curse them for me, and I'll pay you for it. I'll pay you to curse them. When the people arrived, God was already present. I mean, before they got there, God was ready for this fight. God will not permit it. Now, another thing you need, to, you need to understand, be very concerned about whatever he said over you. Be very concerned. Reverse it with your tongue. Let me back that again. Because if you read in, in Revelation chapter 12, after the devil was cast out, please, this is a sideline thing, but it's very, very important, and I need you to know it. It's very, very important. After the devil was cast out, the scripture says, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. Why? Because the accuser of the brethren has been cast out. The power was dead, but it wasn't working until the accuser is cast out. Because he says he accused them before our God, how often? Day and night. That's why the power is released. So be careful. God knew that if Balaam said something against the children of Israel, guess what? That's not a good thing. Even though God has blessed them. So God was ready to fight. And went straight to Balaam. You're not going to do that. Listen to the scriptures in Numbers chapter 22. It says, and God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them. Don't go with them. You are not going to curse my people. That's not going to happen. My point is, 
God's looking out for you. Whether you know it or not. He's protecting you. He will deliver your life. He will save you from destruction. God said, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people. You are not going to do that. For they are blessed. You can't curse them. And you can read in the same scriptures, he says, there is no enchantment against Jacob. You can't do it. And that's your portion tonight. Amen? Nobody can put a curse on you. Nobody can cause you to be diminished in any way because God is fighting your battle. That's what it means. He redeems your life from destructions. None of this will happen. Numbers 23, the same same scripture, verse 23. It says, for there is no sorcery against Jacob. Nor any divination against Israel. It now must be said of Jacob and of Israel, oh, what God has done. In other words, that's what they're going to say about your life. It is the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our sight. Nobody can change that. But my point here is, the children of Israel had no knowledge anything was going on behind the scene. None of this. They didn't know any of this. But God was protecting them, delivering them, so that the enemy cannot reach them. He looks out for, looks out for us. Then I read about, this is kind of interesting, I read about Jacob. Jacob was with Laban, and Jacob decided, tired of this place, God has blessed me, I'm taking off. But he didn't tell his uncle. He took off, took all his kids, that's the uncle's grandchildren, took all of them. Right? He was gone. I think it took him about three days before the guy realized, Jacob is gone with all my children and my grandchildren. And he was mad. And he was going to hurt Jacob. But before he could leave, God had a word with him. He said, you're not going to do that. Jacob had no idea of what was going on. God was looking out for Jacob. And, 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 and Laban himself said this. Genesis 31, verse 28 through 29. It says, it is in my power to do you harm. I really wanted to hurt you. But the God of your father spoke to me. Amen. Can I hear it? Amen. I was going to hurt you, but God said, "Uh uh-uh, you're not doing that. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and for. If he did it in the Old Testament, he's still doing it today. They plan against you, but God said, you're not going to do that. You can't do that. You can't hurt my servant. We think, oh, God did it for them in the Old Testament. They were so special people. We are more special than they were. Because the, the greatest in their kingdom, I mean in their, their testament, Old Testament, the greatest in their covenant, under that covenant, they, they is not worthy to be compared to one of us. John the Baptist was the greatest, Jesus said. 
But the least in the kingdom of God in our time is greater than John. I say, I don't feel that way. It has nothing to do with how you feel. It has to do with what God said. And if God will protect Jacob, and I read in the scripture in Isaiah, he says, I am Jacob. That's what the scripture tells us. We, we are called by the name of God. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? Now, the God of the New Testament is Christ, right? What are you called? Christians, right? We are called by His name. And we have the same blessed covenant. And God's looking out for me. I don't have to worry about it. Because God's looking out for me. He protects us. This is getting good. Now listen. I already talked about one of uh, Satan's greatest weapons. The fact that when Satan says something, you have to really fight about it. And we talked about it. But read in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17. God tells you this very clearly. He's not telling you. He's telling you exactly what's going on. No weapon formed against you will... Doesn't matter what form that weapon is. It's not going to work. That's what God... God is declaring it. If it's not working for me, it's because I didn't believe it. And when it seems like it's working, God has a second plan. Something better. Because he tells us. I believe 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he tells us that if the princes of this world had known... They wouldn't have crucified the Lord of life. They, were, they thought they were killing Jesus, but they were actually destroying themselves forever. They had no clue. God whips his plan. No weapon formed against us will prosper. But notice what I said. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, God said, do something about it. Do something about it. Don't just say, well, that's their opinion. No, cancel it. Do something about it. Now, I'm going to tell you this. If it, does, if it will not do anything in your life, it won't be in that book. God has already told us what to do with it. Do something about it. Don't ignore it. It's not ordinary words. Don't ever ignore it. Do something about it. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, condemn it. You might feel the pain in it, but it's not going to go very far with you because that's, that's what the scripture says. The words matter. You've got to do something about it. Somebody asked me, what do you do if I have a bad dream? You know what I do with a bad dream? If I don't remember it, that's because I had uh, hamburger too late before I went to sleep. Yes. Stupid dream, you know, I don't remember it. But if I remember it, it's got to be from God or the enemy. And if that dream causes me to fear or to be in dread, once I wake up, I'll tell that dream because it's the enemy saying something. Reading the Old Testament, dreams matter. I know it's the devil trying to make a plan. And if you stay all day thinking about what he had injected into your mind, you are creating something. That's what he's doing. You are giving his life because you are afraid and fear attracts whatever you are afraid of. 
So what I do, and I may not give you my secret, what I do, I tell the devil and I tell that dream, whatever it is, that the enemy has spoken to me in vivid vision, in my sleep, and I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus, as long as Jesus is seated by the Father's right hand, and as long as we live on this earth, that dream that you gave to me will never see one day of manifestation in this current world. It can never happen. So I cancel that. And most of the time you forget what the dream was all about. It's gone. It's gone. Because of your tongue. Because of your tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And if you love it, you eat the fruit. So when I cancel that dream, I eat the fruit. Because that dream will never be manifested. We'll never see a day of manifestation in this current world. I don't have to go all day wondering what that dream means, what is going to happen, why this happened. I got the word. And God has promised me he will always be with me even until the end of the age. So I don't have to be afraid. God's always there for me. We, let me say this. Really, as Christians, we have, no, we have nothing to fear in this current life. Nothing to fear. Not lack. If you fear lack, you'll get lack. Because the scriptures will come into that some other time. Because God has already said. I know we like to quote the scriptures, but it's like we're just saying things. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And then we go on through the verses and go through quickly and without stopping to think. He's saying because God is your shepherd, you will never know a day of want. How is it God's going to accomplish it? I don't know. And I really don't care because that's not my business. He's going to take care of it. I do what I ought to do. What I know as a human being to do, I do what I can do and I leave the rest to him. But as to God to want, no. Not if God is alive. So we got to take care of We have really nothing to fear. So many books have been written about angels. And all we think about is uh, this little being with, you know, feathers, usually white feathers, you know, and they are floating in the sky, you know. That's all we think about. Feathers. But angels are beings. There is one that you all know of, Gabriel. Gabriel is a being that has been existing from Way, I don't know how long. Gabriel is still alive to this very day. That's the truth. Gabriel. Angel Gabriel, that's the person. He's still alive. He's an angel. He's different from us. But Gabriel is still alive. You can read in uh, Daniel chapter 9, the Bible talks about, uh, about Gabriel speaking to Daniel. In Daniel chapter 9, Daniel had fasted for three weeks and he couldn't get down because the prince of Persia, you remember that? He said, the prince of Persia stopped me on the way. But let me say this to you before I get to that. There's a scripture in, in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 13. 
Please understand. When I say God can protect you, that's serious business. God has, he's called the Lord of hosts. You know what that means? The Lord of the armies of Israel. I mean of heaven. Of heaven. God has a lot of armies. They don't need atomic bombs. They can destroy a whole country without any nuclear weapon. That's the truth. But that's the angels. Now look at what the scripture says. It says, but to which of the angels has he ever said? Which of the angels? That means we have a lot of angels. But God has never said to any of the angels, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. And then he says this, this, are they not, what? All, right? Are they not all, all of the angels, right? Ministering spirits sent forth, what have they been done? What, what happened to them? They have been sent forth to minister or to serve those who will inherit salvation. How many of us have inherited salvation from what Jesus did you have? Well, these angels have been sent. Not just one of them, all of them. All of the angels. That's what it says. To which of the angels has God ever said at any time, Sit at my right hand. Are they not all, all of them, ministering spirits or serving spirits that God has sent forth to minister to me and to you, to protect us, to be there for you, to take care of you. And they are here, believe me, because the scripture has already told us that. They are here. Whether you see them or not, they are here to help us. Once you have received Jesus, you have so many of them, you can't count them. There are so many. Some, sometimes when I'm dealing with people who are demonized, they have so many dealing with, they are oppressed with so many demons, sometimes it's hard to count. That's just a third of heaven, right? Now you get the rest of them, and all of them have been sent to minister to us. Oh, we are protected. No wonder Elisha said of God, he said, God opened the eyes of this young man so he can see what's around us. And that's not just speaking. This is what's really going on. We can't see them, but God is protecting us from every kind of destruction coming our way. I don't have to be afraid. Now, if you fear, that's your problem. You open the door for Satan to come after you. Now, let me say this also. Whatever God has done, notice when we read in Psalm 103, he's telling you what Jesus has already done for us, right? Because he took our infirmities, right? So he heals all, right? All our diseases. He took our sins, so now all our sins can be forgiven, all our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace, that's our protection, to have peace and not to fear, not to worry. To be sure that God will take care of you. Even if they are coming with their guns, I don't have to be around. They can't take me out. Unless through persecution. <laughs> only That's the only way. Not dying in the streets. I say that, you know, like having a car accident and all of that. Or, uh, these angels are dead. We'll come into that. 
We have to believe. The Bible says, be it unto you according to how you're believing. So you put two and two together and say, well, if God says this and God says that, therefore, this is what I believe is going to happen to me. And God says, you're right. You're right. Based on scripture. God will take care of you. They are all ministering spirits. They are here to serve us. Heirs of salvation. But I read something in, uh, in um, Daniel chapter 10, verse 21. And you can check that out. Daniel, Daniel chapter 9, verse 21. It says the same thing about Gabriel speaking to him. And Gabriel was actually passing a message. The same Gabriel that spoke to Mary. Remember? Daniel, Old Testament, thousands of a thousand more years, and now she's the same person. <laughs> Let me use that word. Speaking to Mary, you know, carrying, they're going from one person, Zacharias, the same Gabriel, the same person. That was the same person that was talking to, to Daniel in the Old Testament. And he told in chapter 10, he told, he told uh, Daniel, he said, you know, while I was coming, the prince of Persia, that means the prince of the whole kingdom, right? The prince of the whole kingdom of Persia, that's the devil, the enemy, they were fighting with me. And then God, Michael came, the same angel Michael that you read in Revelation chapter 12. Michael and his angels, they fought the dragon and the dragon had no place. They cast him out. We already quoted that scripture. He's the same Michael. But if you read in, in Daniel chapter 10, verse 21, he says, well, I'm going back now, and I'm going to be doing battle with the prince of Persia. And then he said, but your prince, Michael, check it out. He said to Daniel, your prince, that angel, Michael, that's your prince to take care of your business. Read it, it's right there. That powerful angel was Michael's, I mean, uh, uh, Daniel's. That's Old Testament. That's the guy to protect me. That's the guy to fight for you when there is a problem. Your prince comes in, clears the road for you to come. And there was a war in heaven. And it was Michael and his angels, right? When Michael moves, all the angels move. And it's the same. That's what happened when he says, and then we think, we read these things, but we don't really believe them. We don't think about them very much. So they don't work for us. They don't work for us. They don't work for us. Because we're not thinking about them. That's why the Bible says, this book of the law, that's Joshua 1, they say, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night. Nine. You're speaking it. You're thinking it. And it says that's the way you make your way prosperous. That's the way you get good success. Success. Only when we do these things. We have to meditate on God's word. I got all these angels around me. They have been sent according to God's word. Unless I don't believe it. I have nothing to fear. I really have nothing to fear. Angels, according to what we're told, they fly, right? I mean, the plane, the plane is having problem. The angel can carry the plane until it lands, and I can come out. They're laughing. <laughs> I don't have to crash and die. My assignment is not over yet. Amen? My assignment is not over yet. 
But we have to believe these things. We have to stretch ourselves. We have to trust God and say, God, that's what you said. I believe it. And slowly but surely, as you meditate in it, the confidence comes and the fear is gone. Notice I've said here before, everyone that Jesus healed, usually he'll say, don't be afraid. Only believe. Because when you fear, you take, you've taken God out of the picture. But if you refuse to fear, God's already in it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were not afraid. The, fear, the furnace was right there. They could, they could kill us. They said, listen, we've never been in this world before, but we know our God can deliver us from your fire. And he did. Because they were not afraid. We read those things and we say, how nice. But it's really, it's really for us. These things were, were recorded for us so we can know what God can do. And if he chooses not to do it, he has a higher plan. I can flow with his plan. But I know he will deliver me. But if he chooses, he has a reason why not. And it's better than my own thinking. I can flow with that. That's not an excuse. But that's there in the scripture. Our God is able to deliver us from your furnace. But even if he chooses not to, we won't do what you're asking us to do. But God says, well, I'm going to do it. He was the first man in the fire. <laughs> there are four people in the fire. They met him there. He was already there. If he was not there before they got him, uh, they would <laughs> they'll be gone as soon as they hit it. They'll be gone. He was right there. Turned that fire into a, a, an air-conditioned room. I'm kidding. The furnace. <laughs> but let me read his scriptures to you. He says in Psalm 91, verse 5 through 7, You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. So whatever is happening at night, there's terrifying people. God is declaring as a Christian, you shouldn't be afraid. If you are afraid, you didn't read the book. God says, you shall not. Can I hear that from you? You shall not. Yes. God is not suggesting to you. He's telling you, what you sh- what's going to happen. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. I don't care. This, if arrows are flying by day, accidentally they're coming to me. God says, no, it won't happen. That's what he's saying. It won't happen. Nor of the pestilence that walk in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. I mean, they can all be dying. But if I believe it, God's going to protect me. Now, we all know about what happened on uh, 9-11. There were many Christians that testified something in them said, don't go to work today. Some of the others overrode their, what was happening inside of them. They followed what their flesh was suggesting to them and perished. Would God have something to do with it? No. But God had told some of them felt there were testimonies all over. They just felt not to all. Some of them felt, let me go get my stuff from the uh, dry cleaner or something before going to work. And something delayed them. I'm sure they were mad. Get out of the way. I need to get to work early. And then they saw, and they wouldn't go. They stayed. God protected them. He's still doing the same thing today. He's still doing that. He's still doing that. A thousand shall fall at your side. This is what God said. 
a thousand at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but he shall not come near you. He means everything that he's saying. We just don't, we, we just have refused. That's just we, I'm not talking about you, that's me and you. We refuse to believe these things. It's as if he's just talking. But that's not God. He just don't, well, I just want to talk. To say my mind. That's not what it is. This is life. The words that I speak, they are spirits and they are life. John 6, 63. They are spirits and they are life. I need to go further than that because I'm coming back. In the same Psalm 91, verse 9, it says, Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. Hey, I got a dwelling place. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it will be done for you, right? I got my dwelling place. Because you have made him your dwelling place, he says it again. No evil shall befall you. And that's truth. We just need to believe it. Nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. That's my home. And Jesus lives there. Amen. That's his address, you know. He lives there. For he shall, again, look at this. No evil will come near your dwelling, for he shall what? Give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your, some of your ways. All of your ways. I think we go away from this scripture because we read in uh, in Luke chapter 4, Satan quoting that scripture. And so we say, well, I don't want anything to do with that scripture. <laughs> Satan quoted that scripture. So, no, no, no. But Satan was trying to use what he knew Jesus believed, right? Because he was in scripture to trick him to do something wrong. And Jesus refused. But he's there. He's there right here. The angels I'm talking about. They have been given. You know, the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let the matter be established. We are having different places that tells us God has actually sent angels to take care of us. To take care of us. And we need to possibly, the best way to do it, say it with your mouth in thanksgiving to God. Thank you, God, for all of these angels in my room right now. Keep doing it until your mind is conscious of them, even when you're not thinking that much. You know they're around. I mean, what crazy man will come into your place if God can open their eyes to see Gabriel standing by your doorway? He'll faint. Just, just the sight of him is frightening enough. But these things are there for us. Why? Because God so loved the world. He gave. Because of what God has done. He so loved the world. He's given his son. And he, uh, Romans chapter 8. He says. If he didn't hold back his son. What more? What more? Is there anything that God cannot give to us. To help us? He wants to help us. He gives his angel charge over us. To keep us in all of our ways. Not some of our ways. All of our ways. In their hand they shall bear you up. Lest you dash your foot against the stone. He said, well, I don't want to stumble. That's not what he's talking about. No evil will befall you. That's what he said before that. No evil. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. 
and the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because you have set your love upon me, therefore I will deliver you. I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. What's his name? What's his name? So you are being set on high, right? Because you know his name. You know his name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. So that says Jesus didn't die on the cross for troubles not to come to you. So you have troubles. He's coming. Hello, troubles coming. Okay. It's coming your way. But the good thing is I will be with you when you're going through it. So you are not on your own. I will be with you in trouble. I will deliver you. So not only that, when you're going through trouble, he's aware of it. I talked about morning and Sunday. But he's aware of it. He sees the pain. But then he gets you out of it. Then he honors you. Because you passed the test. You can't go to the next class until you've taken the finals. (laughs) You have to pass. (laughs) So we need those troubles to come our way, okay? I will deliver him and honor him. And then with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Show him my salvation. I uh, lashed onto this scripture. To me, it's very important. I know there's sickness in the world. I know as a human being, I can't do anything about it. But I believe I have work to do and I'm not ready to go home. And not just for my children and my family. I don't have grandchildren yet. I'm praying and looking forward to that. I hate it when I hear Michael talking about his grandchildren, but I I rejoice with him because I can't have one yet. Uh, But I want to be alive. And I want to be alive and strong. I need to be able to take my grandchild's hand and walk, not the grandchild helping daddy to walk. (laughs) It's not funny, but that's the way I think. So I'm praying really hard. With long life, I will satisfy him. You know why I draw from that? What is life if you're not living healthy? You got long life, but very weak. That's not life. I'm ready to go home. So when he tells, with long life, he will satisfy me, that tells me, and I believe the scripture. I can't do, the thing about it, we are thinking in our mind, how are you going to do this? You have no control. Well, I know I don't have control. But I'm attached to the one who has control. And I can trust him. I can trust him. For the future, I can trust him. Because our mind is always playing games with us. And we are so concerned about, we won't say things like this because we are afraid what will people think. I don't care what you think. You are not God. I have to deal with him. I will, I will answer to him. And all these strange thoughts that come into our minds, fighting those words of God, we're doing ourselves a lot of disservice. Instead of accepting the word and believing the word against what we've already known so that God can begin to walk in our lives. Slowly you're seeing things happen to people and we think, well, that's just happening. When I, when I came, and I'm going to close with this. I mean, the time is far gone. When I came to the United States initially, 
and uh, people hated this, uh, what they call prosperity gospel. And I hear the preachers, they come against it, they say, well, if these men really believe the prosperity gospel, let them go to Africa so, and, and preach to them so that God will do the miracle. In other words, they are, rich, they are poor in Africa. You know, as an African, I'm sitting there and I'm not liking what they're saying. But today, guess what? They, God decided to, to, to show them the richest preacher in the world, where does he live? In Africa. So God has told them, is that what you think? I'll show you. <laughs> okay. I'm going to show you. That's what I heard it so many times when I came to this country. The preachers would say it. If they really believe these things, let them go and preach it in Africa. Well, God says, okay. And look at what God has done. And not one, pre- not one preacher, the main, there are several of them. This word works. Amen? And we need to be transformed. We need to renew our minds so that God can transform us. We need to renew our minds. Don't think small, but think believing God. Even if it doesn't happen overnight, I will stay believing. I'll die believing. Just die believing. Stand up with me tonight. I've taken a lot of your time. (laughs) I hope you got something out of it tonight. Our visitors, we're glad to have you here. Thank you for coming. I know I held you all back, but I said on Sunday I'm not going to apologize much about that.